Dark Monkey. Gotta turn the mic on. Test? Yeah, okay. Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon its sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. <laughs> so we usually start with our weekends. How was your weekend, man? Um, <clears throat> the most interesting thing of... Wow, you just turned me up. Sorry, bro. <laughs> you want to weigh up there? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Okay. The... I won't say it was fun, but uh, it was definitely the most interesting part of the weekend. You remember Street Fighter 2? Yeah. Well, there's a character in Street Fighter 2 called Dalsam. Yeah. And he's got his yoga flame. Yoga flame. I know what it feels like to take a, a, a yoga flame. Somebody spit fire at you? Right in my face. Really? Yeah. Was like a street performer? No, no, no. It was my own stupidity. Okay. What happened? Uh, so I'm out cutting up wood that we got in the backyard. Decided to start burning some of it at the same time. I got a can of uh, denatured alcohol I mm. used as an accelerant. Poured some on, took the can away from the fire, stuck a stick in, walked over to the uh, where I had the burn pit ready to go, struck the uh, lighter to it, stuck it in there, nothing happened. So I pulled the stick back out, felt it with the end of my hands. It was cool to the touch. There was no burning, no hot, no nothing. So I walked back over to the can to stick the stick back in, and there must have been some uh, just enough heat in there to ignite, uh, ignite the the vapors in the can. Wow! It was a uh, uh, very interesting uh, to see the fireball come straight at your face. Absolutely, it must have shot right out of there. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Wow! You're lucky, man. You still got you have all that hair too. I know, right? The only thing I lost is my eyelashes and part of my eyebrows. Wow! Wow! Now you see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I tell you zoom what, in, zoom in on that. <laughs> the uh i tell you what some crispy curly eyelashes are a major pain in the ass it's i'm finally got to the point where they've stopped catching on each other and making it difficult oh, for my man. eyelids to open oh wow <laughs> yeah oh that sucks bro yeah so uh yoga we, flame we come up with a new rule no double dipping no double dipping that's a good that's a good call i think <laughs> that's a good call wow well i feel bad because i had like a good weekend Hey, I, like I said, it wasn't necessarily fun, but it, it made it for a great story. It sure does make for a great story. <laughs> so, hey, Absolutely. nobody lost an eye. And after that, I got a new stick and got the fire going. So it worked out. Well, good. <laughs> Singed eyebrows and all. Nice. Singed eyebrows and all. I think the uh, the most damage that was done was to uh, the regularity of EK's heartbeat. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. I thought he died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I had kind of a good weekend story. Um, I had a date yesterday. All right. And it went really well, and that hasn't really happened in a very long time. And so I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. Okay. Especially yesterday, I was really freaking out a little bit. I was like Amanda Plummer in um, that diner scene from Pulp Fiction. Where I'm just I'm freaking out. There's a part a part of me in my head that's freaking out. I was like, you let him go. And then you know Barry Sanchez is in my head, and he, I had to get him involved again because he's like Samuel Jackson in my head. He's like, tell that bitch to be cool. Tell that bitch to be cool. <laughs> and then you know the madman says, be cool, honey bunny. Yeah. And so, uh, so we're gonna be like three little Fonzies up in here. And what's Fonzie like? He's cool. cool. Exactamundo. Hey. So, 
So that is how a madman deals with stress. He'll have an argument with himself in a in a movie scene. Fair enough. Referring to freaking freaking out because he had a, a good date with a hot woman, and you're like, something's not right. <laughs> this doesn't seem real. So pinch myself. Did yeah. I wake up? No, I did not. <laughs> okay. Well, so that that was me. Like that's how I like. Uh, you know, I'm going to hand you about that off air, right? Yeah. Probably. Okay, fair enough. Probably. Just as long as you were aware. Yeah. Well, that's just how my head works, and it's a, it's a mess up in here. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. That's not the information I'm going to be uh, trying to exfolge out of you. Okay. Well, you know, I'll be forthcoming. Just not on, on the air. All right. So, um, yeah, if you if you haven't already, please go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and become a patron. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. I just want to get that out of the way in case I forget. I keep telling myself, it's like, make sure you remind people to go to Patreon. And I always forget by the end of the show, so I want to get that out of the way real quick. So, yeah, it's a good call. Absolutely. Um, yeah, check out my YouTube channel. Search for the Madman Lowercase. You can find little clips of us doing, like, you know, jokes and so forth. We got jokes. We got jokes. Or at least we think we do. All right, so I want to go on to this first topic we have here, and it's how... We have a listener in the U.K., yeah. Hello, listener in the UK. Right on. Nice. Um, we I also have. I might know who Daddy is. Stateside. Oh, of course. They're trickling into the new software, and I get to see more demographics than I could before. Right on. Uh, and I'm really excited about it. Well, I mean, uh, that's probably why we're a little late today getting started. Just wanted to let you know we've been having some issues with our, what is it, a provider? Uh, our live streaming server yeah. provider crashed yeah. and. They were down for like a week. Mixler can go suck a bag of dicks. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I would. Um, but uh, These are just opinions. Yeah. <laughs> you already covered that at the we beginning covered, of the covered show. Covered at the beginning. I'm trying to get sued. <laughs> um, yeah, so we moved over to Radio.co uh, to host our live stream, and uh, we're up and running. Yeah, yeah. so apologies so, for being a little late, but, you know, we're trying to do our best to give you the best quality service. Yeah, and I'm, uh, the reason I feel so vehemently about it is because last week's episode of Otherland Dreams just now got back into our own hands. I understand. That, that irritates the piss out of me. Yeah, we were lucky because we were like, uh, we were one of the shows that missed the cutoff, you know, like Shock Monkey Radio was able to get up before anyone else. And so every other show that week. Hasn't been uploaded yet, so EK's got to, you know, spend some time doing that, so it's been a pain in the butt. I do not envy his task. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go on to his first topic here. Um, So the left is cracking me up with this Iran nonsense. Um, Now, if you don't know what's been going on with Iran, um, they shot down one of our unmanned drones, Mm -hmm. and the president was going going to do a strike, and then he called it off. So, um, Good call. Yeah. And the left, <coughs> excuse me, and the left, they're just dying for Trump to get us involved into a war, another war in the Middle East, so they actually have something legitimate to bust his balls over. You know, And but uh, now, like Ben Shapiro, um, um, I have, uh, I, have the, I have to call balls and strike, yeah, I have to call balls and strikes when it comes to Trump. However, unlike Shapiro, I think the president made the, made the right call by not striking Iran over an unmanned drone. 150 lives versus one drone, I think that is the right call. However, should Iran do anything more provocative than that, than shoot down a drone, we should totally strike back. Also, liberals, uh, strikes do not mean all-out war. 
I know you're just dying to think that, you know, everyone who's a Republican is a war hawk and they want to go to war. And that's just not, not the truth. Trump doesn't want to go to war. I don't want to go to war. Hill Hippie doesn't want to go to war. Fuck that. I'll never go to war. Exactly. So, I mean. I'll and, go to the mattresses. And <laughs> Absolutely. That's it's pretty much the same thing. The um, Yeah, but there was a double entendre. Indeed. So, I mean, I just, um, we're not all, all, not all conservatives are into, into war. And we certainly don't want war with Iran. You know, and, uh, the oil that is going through what that straight what's that called the Strait of Hormuz? Mm-hmm. Um, the oil that's going in there through there is not coming to us. No. So why would we care? And the only the only reason we do care is for the presence. You know, the U.S. naval navy is hoorah, best in the world. <laughs> And you know, do you seamen say hoorah? Yeah, we do. Okay, I, I thought that was just a, a jarhead thing. No, there's like different ones. There's like hoorah for like I think the Marines do hoorah. There's different ones. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, yeah, in the Navy, we did hoorah. So, anyway, Fair enough. I just don't understand why all these liberals are so have so much sympathy for a, a nation that murders Jews and homosexuals on sight. You know, people want to talk about. You know, Pride, Pride Month, and stuff like that. Let's talk about countries that murder homosexuals for being homosexual. Um, and just you know, thank your lucky stars. You live in America because we are okay with that. If you want to be gay, fine, go be gay. You know, we don't care. We're certainly not going to throw you off a rooftop, right? You know, they don't even kill hippies over here. It's so <laughs> glorious. <laughs> well, not since the seventies. Yeah, they shot so many hippies in the seventies. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the uh, we still cry over the loss of our people. Indeed, indeed. So that was just my little rant about Iran. I call that segment Iran, Iran so far away. Iran to you, Danae. <laughs> Iran, I was running. <laughs> I was not running. <laughs> so I just ran. Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and pay one of the bills real quick. It's uh, the brand new Iron from the uh, the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. It's an app that drinks whiskey and smokes cigars. <laughs> and tells you to shut up and wait in the truck. Yeah. Its nickname is Tater Salad. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a smaller version, so wouldn't it be Tater Tot? <laughs> well done. Anyway, so uh, Shock Monkey Radio is sponsored by Danny's Pizza and Subs. Uh, you can find them at dannyspizzaandsubs.com. That's dannyspizzaandsubs.com. They are located here in the Lease Hill Center at 10657 Spotsylvania Avenue, and they have a five-mile delivery radius from that location. So apologies to our listeners in Seoul. Um, yeah, you can reach them at 540-898-5008, and their hours of operation are Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Fridays and Saturdays are open from 11 to 10 p.m., and on Sundays they're open from noon to 8. So always buy one, get one free pizzas at dannyspizzaandsubs.com. See, you just you brought something to my mind here, and I have to blame you as one of the delivery drivers of, for Danny's Pizzas and Subs for this. You know, all of our problems with North Korea and Kim Jong-un, if he could just get his hands on a Danny's uh, meat treat pizza, he would be such a more happy little guy than what he is, this, this angry little troll. So I blame you guys. You could solve this problem, but you don't. Sorry, this is free market. <laughs> and I'm not worried about um, Kim Jong-un getting pizza. I'm more concerned about the, all the people in North Korea that would love to have a pizza. 
because you know because they're starving and stuff like that because the dickheads like yeah give him one Danny's pizza and he was like he'd free the pizza and people can get it and you know I am not going to be opening up a branch Danny's pizza and subs in Pyongyang okay as soon as we get a bunch of listeners from Pyongyang saying bring the Danny's pizza here it's like that's a different story but then again I don't want to go to North Korea because I don't want to get thrown in prison for being an American in North Korea yeah fair enough but at that point, wouldn't you be a? Uh, wouldn't you have to get citizenship there to open your? Probably. So therefore, you wouldn't be an American in North Korea anymore. That's uh, yeah. I don't want to be a Korean. I'll never pass as one. You're too tall. I'm too tall. Too good looking. Well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fine. So I got a little section side to side here for Hill Hippies Garden. See it? Yeah, it's right there. Yep. That's the side design, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are now at that moment in time. Oh, you sure? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, crap. I was going to fart, but okay. So, um, with my sneezing debacle from last week's episode. Yeah. Boy, that really got in your head, huh? I, I totally forgot about it. Yeah. I, dude, that was a lot of sneezing. Oh, God bless it be. I started thinking about sneezing and doing some research into sneezing. I found nothing about human sneezing that was in- interesting in any way, shape, or form. Really? That's really. But I did find out something. Next time you walk past a uh, a wheat field, Sega's in tight. Okay, because the wheat is sneezing? The wheat is sneezing. Wheat and some other plants use a sneezing-like mechanism to get pathogens off of themselves. Very similar to the way reason we sneeze. Yeah, very similar. That's funny. Yeah. What, is uh, it, what does a wheat sneeze sound like, though? I don't think you actually hear it. Something like that? Maybe. Maybe that's the sound you hear on a dewy morning when you're passing by a wheat field and you hear that. Could be. You're, we always thought it was just slight rustle of the breeze. Maybe it's just a jogging, all the continuous sneezing of the wheat. <laughs> yeah, just a cacophony of wheat sneezes. The sneezing of the wheat. <laughs> Feels like it should be like a lame down version of the silence of the lambs. <laughs> no, but they use a... Uh, a mechanism similar to when you break the surface tension of a water droplet, and it that tension then turns into kinetic energy. Right, right. But it uses a principle similar to it, and this article doesn't go into the exact mechanics of it, but it can fling these droplets as far as three and four millimeters away from themselves. That far? Yeah. It gets away from the uh, surface <laughs> of the leaf and the steel air, and that way it just gets the pathogens away from them and pushes them towards their neighbors so yeah, apparently they're all sneezing and not covering right. their mouths yeah they're so rude <laughs> weed is jerks weeder weeder jerks weeder jerks <laughs> that's a tough sentence <laughs> you're, you're, even if you say it right you're still like is is that right you're right <laughs> wrong weed weed is jerks we are jerks we are <laughs> there's nothing about that sentence that's easy to say <laughs> You're just wondering, like, why the hell am I even saying it? Yeah, that's always sitting in the back of the mind as well. Yeah, the droplets can jump a few millimeters high enough to escape the layer of steel air that surrounds each leaf so that a gentle breeze could carry the water and spores to other plants. The uh, catapulting effect is known to occur on other uh, super hydrophobic surfaces, but this is the first time it's been suggested that it helps transmit diseases. Understanding how leaf rust spreads could be the uh, important for controlling it. If sneezes, sneezing turns out to be an important source of transmission, plants could be sprayed 
with a coating to make them no longer super hydrophobic, for example. So, no spray for wheat to help stop the spread of this one fungus that causes uh, leaf rust. No spray for for plants and weeds. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I have to say. Are you done? Yeah, because once I got to that point, I'm like, okay, that takes us down to the realm of the ridiculous just far enough to... If we go any farther, it's going to get really stupid. You don't want to anthropomorphize wheat. No, because we had, what, like a full minute or two just trying to say that wheat are jerks? Wheat is jerks? (laughs) Wheat are jerks. Anyway. The plant wheat. uh, The plant organisms known as wheat are all assholes. Whew. I feel like I ran a marathon. Yeah, right? That's a cumbersome <laughs> sentence, bro. I don't even want to repeat it. I don't even want to listen back to our podcast to hear you say that again. <laughs> but I know I'm going to have to. It'll Golly. be just as uncomfortable then. <laughs> oh, um, this is for when I'm editing the video later. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, uh, Madman, I know you're uh, editing the video later right now and everything, but go ahead and move this... Uh, the stuff that's in the washing machine into the dryer. I got things to do later, as well as edit video. That's a form of time travel, folks. Indeed, I'm just I'm reminding myself of something I got to do. Anyway, so uh, Johnny Utah is the worst FBI agent ever. Uh, I, I just recently watched Point Break again, so um, I just watched Ek Shoulders uh, hunch slightly. Yeah, he's all he was all butthurt over this. So uh, what? You gonna make some more stupid comments? Why don't you just let me get through this? And... No, no. How about I not let you get through it because it's ignorant. Your opinions aren't facts, no matter how you present them, madman. Can I? Can I do this? Do your thing. Do your rebuttal later. I don't need to rebuttal because you're already wrong. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, so Johnny totally fails undercover work and regular FBI work. Why? He's not coming back, man! Why he's doing both in the movie is beyond me. I don't know why he's both doing undercover and regular FBI work. Um, and so he uses his real name while undercover. Granted, he gets some street cred for people recognizing his college football days. But a little of research could under- uncover what a football star did after college. This was pre-internet, I guess, so they can get away with it. So after he fumbles his way into the gang by banging Tank Girl, he, <laughs> he fails to foil a robbery... <laughs> Because he's buying subs, meatball subs. Don't get me wrong. Gary Busey is probably the second worst FBI agent ever. But then Utah chases after his target, and they identify him as a Fed, but then he goes right back to them like it's all cool. Why isn't he dead? Why haven't they killed him? Then Ted Theodore Logan gets his partner killed, and when he finally catches Roadhouse, he lets him go. What the fuck? Because surfing? Anyway, so he throws his badge away, realizing he probably made the wrong career choice, but that badge should have been taken away from him ages ago. But I guess L.A. is where they send all the shitty FBI agents. Anyway, that movie makes very little sense. (laughs) (laughs) 1991 is a long time ago. How dare you? That's what you you posted. You have anything more original? Come back at me. Am I wrong? How dare you? Dare you? You're gonna say it. Do I have anything more original? Come back than ha- than how dare you? When you just read word for word what you posted he in the damn. He told me outline. to read it word for I word. I did because that was a fucking brilliant rant. 
first you of told all, me to read it that way. First of all, you're not wrong. That's right. Second of all, the badness is why it's good. Right, Bodie. Because the system, man. The system's keeping us down, man. The they won't let us surf all day and smoke weed all day. Not the, tell the us to over, get jobs. Why is Dwight funny? Why is Dwight funny? Why is Dwight funny? Because he doesn't fucking exist. He is an over-embellished version of... The, the, these of my brother. In Point, yeah, <laughs> these characters in Point Break, they don't exist in reality. They're oh, thank God. They're fictional characters. Oh. They're embellished versions. And meanwhile, you're going to rant, oh, the FBI wouldn't work like this. None of it would work like that. It's a fucking movie. He's walking in the FBI... <laughs> Offices carrying a surfboard. They're like, try to take us seriously. He's undercover, damn it. <laughs> Are you sure? Because he was staking out a bank looking for these bank robbers like a normal FBI agent. What the hell's going on in the LA field offices? He was trying to look cool. People do that in real life. Um, by the way, the actors in this movie are not Muppets. Whew. That tank girl, though. Tank girl? Not a Muppet either. I don't know her real name, but she's the girl. She was in that movie. Oh, she was. Yeah. What? She was in the League of Her Own. I forget her name. Yeah, she was in the League. She was Kit. Or Kit, Kat, yeah. Kat, Kit, League Kit. of League of Her Own. League of Their Own. I'm trying to remember her name because she is, I mean, was. <laughs> cute as shit. Yeah. Look at she's her now. She's in Orange Ooh. is the New Black. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Let's see. Images. What's her name? Why didn't you look up the IMDb? Oh, you're right. Megan Kavanaugh? No. No? I'll know it as soon as I hear it. Yeah, I'm sure I will, too. I'm going to kick myself. I have to find out now. It's Madonna? No. no. What? Rosie O'Donnell. No. no. I'm going to... Seriously. Gina Davis? No. Lori Petty. Yeah. That's, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Lori Petty. Yeah, um... Yeah, she was super cute back in the early 90s. And it was in like a weird way. You know what I mean? It's like you not know, exactly like jump out at you, but you look at her and just like, oh, she's kind of weird. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, I could get down on that. I could get down on a little phrasing. bit of Lori. Lori Payne. Phrasing. Phrasing. Why isn't there any? Let me, I'm trying to, now I'm looking for Tank Girl pictures. Lori Petty. <laughs> Tank Girl. Images. Yeah. Ooh. Is that Lori Petty? That's not Lori Petty. That doesn't look like Lori Petty. If so, they've really done a good makeup job. It's anyway. Tom Petty. Oh. I was like, she looks really horrible in that picture. <laughs> Hair looks great, but the skin is looking <laughs> rough. What happened, bro? Uh, about Tom Petty? No. You, you use that analogy with Iggy Pop. <laughs> oh, man. Iggy Pop is like if Tom Petty did hard drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't have the resilience of Mick Jagger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking. Is he still alive? Iggy Pop? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's, and he still looks like a big piece of, piece of big beef jerky. What? Don't ruin beef jerky for me. I don't know why it just popped in my head. I was like, is Iggy Pop even still alive? <laughs> oh, I know why it popped into your head, because we're talking about Iggy Pop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. Is like those, you know, it's like that uh, that movie, Get Him to the Greek. And it's like, man, them English motherfuckers, they live forever. 
Sean Combs. He was really good in that movie. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised with his performance in that movie. So you just got to cra- play a crazy person. And Sean Puffy Combs' daddy, can he can pull off crazy person. Yeah. I think he played Kanye really well in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Get him to the Greek. It's a hilarious movie. If you've ever, if you haven't seen it, it's, uh, now it's, that I've said it's, that, it's underrated. <laughs> tell me he wasn't playing Kanye in that movie. <laughs> he was definitely. Why do he you was, think we laughed? Because you're as accurate as, as hell. Accurate as hell. Mm-hmm. How many cougaroos you got? You got no cougaroos. I got twenty-three cougaroos. Twenty-four. Twenty-four cougaroos. <laughs> I still don't he know what a cougaroo is. He from gold things. Tank Girl. <laughs> the cougaroo. Who went from Lori Petty to Tom Petty to Iggy Pop to Kanye West. As portrayed by Sean Puffy Combs. <laughs> Sean Puffy Combs' daddy. Anyway. Uh, Whether they be Kanye daddy? Kanye daddy? Probably. So, um, yeah. I'd, we're, we're about to get into the news worth knowing, but first... I have to tell you about Flashback Comics. Flashback Comics is based out of Woodbridge, Virginia. They have tons of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. They are located at 3112 PS Business Drive, just off of Smoketown Road. And they're open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Sundays are open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Be sure to tell Troy that FXBG Public Radio sent you. I'm just not putting things over in front of you here. You deal with this. Yeah, you're right because I would that would probably be destroyed because with my fidgeting habit, yeah, just te- start tearing stuff. I'm like a parakeet with a uh, postcard, just, just start ripping it up. You ever see that movie, The Langoliers, based upon a Stephen King book? Oh yeah, as that dude has a fetish of tearing paper and stuff like that. And I was like, that is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Uh, speaking of the Langoliers, and it's like uh, I was listening to Ben Shapiro's uh, podcast, and he just made this real offhand comment about Stephen King, and I thought it was so damn accurate. Is that uh, he says Stephen King? He says uh, he has this idea, this really interesting concept. You'll have this really interesting concept, and he'll work it for like a couple hundred pages, and then all of a sudden he gets near the end, and he's like, "How am I going to end this?" And he just blows everything up. And I'm just <laughs> like, "Damn, that's correct!" It all goes right off the rails at the end of pretty much every Stephen King book. Yeah, you know, in the Langoliers, you're just like, "Ooh, this is really weird. What's going on?" Which, and then all of a sudden you find out what exactly happened, and you're just like, "Really." This is a bunch of bullshit. It's the same with the uh, it, you know. Creepy, yeah, creepy clown. What the hell? How, how's this all going? It was a giant spider. What the fuck, Stephen King? You think that's nuts? Dude, it had nothing. It had nothing on the killer clowns from outer space. I agree. Um, but... An adolescent me, way more terrified from the killer clowns from outer space than it, because the killer clowns from outer space acted like clowns. Yeah. Um, and that made them double scary. <laughs> because they lured people in with the whole clown routine, and then, bam, kill them. Kill them. Yeah, well, that was all about keeping people out of molester vans. Plus, who likes hanging out in sewers? The Ninja Turtles <laughs> do. Ninja Turtles. And Splinter. Well, nobody cares about Splinter. I sure don't. Uh, so, um, let's get into the news worth knowing. All right. All right, so two women in South Carolina mistake a driver for Uber and are taken down a dirt road. This is about police. Say, uh, two women in South Carolina, Carolina, mistakenly got into a car over the weekend. They believed to be Uber, um, only to be driven down a dirt road by a man. Police have yet to locate. Uh, early Friday morning, two women were waiting outside a Hilton Head Island restaurant in Riley's Plaza when a dark-colored SUV pulled up. According to Beaufort County Sheriff's Office, a pair 
the pair had uh, called an Uber to take them uh, back to their vacation rental and believed that the car that approached them was at least a driver for the drive, uh, ride-sharing app. Quote, although the women were aware that the driver of the SUV was not an Uber driver they were waiting for, they thought they saw an Uber sign on his windshield, so they got into the SUV, one in the front seat and the other in the back seat, and asked the driver uh, for a ride to the South End vacation rental unit. This is what police said in a statement. Uh, the passengers, tired and unfamiliar with the area, were not alarmed when police said the driver took them in the wrong direction. They only became worried when the man drove off onto a dirt road. Passenger in the rear seat informed the driver that he was in the wrong location and she was going to call 911, at which time the unidentified man snatched the phone from her hand. Uh, the car stopped and both women exited on what is uh, later identified as Mitchellville Road. Uh, police said the driver approached the women and one of them was able to grab their phone back and call 911. Uh, the suspect fled. Both women remained on the scene until deputies arrived several minutes later. Um, quote, although the driver's intention in offering the women a ride is unknown, it is clear that both women were very, inf- very fortunate to escape harm. This is what the sheriff's office said in a statement. Uh, authorities have not been able to identify the man, but described him as having a dark complexion, possibly Hispanic or Indian, with mid- medium build, dark hair, and approximately 5'3". Uh, Uber did not comment. So why would they? Right. Uh, they did not comment. Uh, the new protocols came after the University of South Carolina student was killed in March when she mistakenly got into a man's car she believed was Uber. The man, 24-year-old Nathaniel David Rowland, was charged with kidnapping and the murder of Samantha Josephson, 21. Police say he activated the child locks in the backseat door so he could they can only be open from the outside. Um, so here's the thing. If you pull up in front of this thing and, like, two strangers just jump in your car and mistaking you for an Uber, do you just decide, let's roll with it? Yeah, because what's the what's the happenstance that this was actually like a Ted Bundy type, and he's like, "Oh, they just—it's just falling in my lap." <laughs> How did I get so lucky? Right. I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm gonna take him, and I'm gonna skin him now. <laughs> but I mean, even if even if that was not your attention, do you think that there's people like who are, who are trying to be killers or something like that, and they'll just pull up in front of places, hope, hoping somebody confuses them for an Uber? It could be. Here's a better question. Mm-hmm. I've used Uber. They give you not only the make and model of the car, but, but the license plate and a picture of the driver. Yeah. How much, uh, how stupid do you have to be, or how much of a paper towel tube are you looking through to not pay attention to this type of shit? Yeah, they probably have tunnel vision because they were drunk. Could be. They were drunk. And if you, I just, I don't know. If I, if I pulled up in front of a place, all right, and people just got in my car. I think maybe, and they said something like, drive me somewhere. somewhere." I think the first thing out of my mouth would be like, what the fuck are you doing in my car? Yeah. Uh, What do you think this is? I mean. it's uh, Obviously, it's the dirtiest Uber I've ever been in. You just better be a good rider. You're only getting one star. Okay. How about you get the uh, five stars of get the fuck out my car? Uh, Yeah, I just, I don't understand. It's like, why would you, let's just go with it. All right. I'll drive you where I want to drive you. This guy was probably heading over to a store or something. He's like, I wonder what I'm going to do with my day. And these two ladies popped in. I'm <laughs> right. like, I'm doing some nasty shit today. <laughs> now I got something to do. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go on to the next story here. Um, conservative students threatened with doxing at a Texas college. Guess the city. Doxing? No, that's not the city name. I still don't know the, understand the title. I don't know what doxing is. Somewhere in California. No, it sounds like Montana. Doxing, Montana. Oh, doxing is the name of a town? No. 
Doxing is. He wants to know what the name no, of the town in Texas. It was called Raising Arizona. Fucking fabulous it was a, movie. It was a and, movie with Nicolas Cage. And the last time Nicolas Cage was good in anything. How dare you? National Treasure was a national treasure. National Treasure was a national turd. I thought Knowing was okay. No, oh God. I also enjoyed Knowing. You know what I know after that movie? I wasted time in my life. I'll never get it back. I like knowing. I like knowing things, but not knowing the movie. Wicker Man, that was horrible. Oh, God. That was so bad. Oh, I walked back into the movie rental store, and I was like, I how, dare you have, how dare you have this on the shelves? This is a piece of shit. It should be flushed. I thought Next was cool. Next, uh, where he could see the next 10 seconds. Yeah, Next, Jay. Yeah. That was interesting, but just kind of, yeah. That's how that movie was. Jeez, he's been in a lot of movies. Anyway, um, this is what uh, Urban Dictionary says doxing is. Doxing is by way of name dropping. It's document dropping. It's uh, publicity, publicity exposing someone's real name or address on the internet who has taken pains to keep them a secret. Also spelled D-O-X-I-N-G. So it, it's basically threatening people. You know, they're going to, whoa. If you don't, that was a, I pressed the button. Oh, okay. my bad. Uh, if if you don't do what I want you to do, I'm going to do to you what the phone book does to people. Well, the idea is to make people like to put negative posts, stuff like that. Uh, uh, for example, if somebody doxed us, they would go like complain to our advertisers and so forth, and say, "Do you know that you support these like white supremacists on the Shock Monkey Radio?" We got white supremacists on here? No, but people might say that there are white supremacists in here. I've tried wheat. I've tried Italian. Wheat? Yes. They're assholes, aren't they? White is the best kind of bread for sandwiches. I'm sorry. Anyway. Dad jokes. Yeah, yeah. So, I enjoy uh, dad jokes. They're my favorite kind of jokes. The best type of... Uh, uh, Bread for a sandwich, hands down, is sourdough. 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 Delicious. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, so in uh, this is... So in, no white supremacists here, only sourdough no, Yeah, it's only sourdough, yeah. Sourdough supremacists. That's a new name for a band. I called it. Okay. Go start your band. Yeah, right. I'm surprised you didn't go with, like, doxing boxing or some shit like that. <laughs> I like the sourdough supremacists. Yeah, so uh, this is an oxen test... An Austin, Texas student group has threatened incoming freshmen that it will post their public information if they join a conservative club on campus. Uh, the Autonomous Student Network, which is previously uh, was pre- previously suspended from Twitter for doxing supporters of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh uh, during the nomi- nomination process, is now threatening similar action to um, University of Texas Austin freshmen who joined groups like the Young Conservatives of Texas or Turning Point USA. Hey, hash, this is a quote. Hey, hashtag U223. Do you want to be famous? Um, this is what the self-described anti-fascist account tweeted. If you if you join YCT or Turning Point USA, you just might be. Your name and more could end up uh, on an article to make sure it's smart. So make sure to make smart choices at hashtag UTO or, or uh, UT orientation. Uh, the previous articles featured photos of conservative student leaders with their photos posted along with personal information about them, including phone numbers and emails labeling them as dangerous and accusing them of harassing professors, infiltrating student groups, and rigging student student elections. These people. Uh, It also added, if you you begin to spot the young racist trying to join YCT or TPUSA, 
send us a tip so we can keep our reports up to date. But the old racists are okay. Just you got just spot the young ones. Yeah, just the freshman class. After that, you're on your own. Lawrence Jones, a Fox News contributor and campus reform editor in chief, told Fox and Friends Tuesday morning, um, "It is just typical behavior on college campuses that needs to be punished." Uh, the Texas native pointed out that uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott and President Trump have both taken steps to defend free speech on college campuses. "Quote: It's all about the money. All these universities get some sort of federal funds," Jones said. Take it away, and I guarantee you'll get their intention. That's right. Uh, University of Texas Austin spokesperson uh, Shilpa Backer told Campus Reform the Doxing Group is not a campus group. Quote, students should never be targeted or face harassment for their affiliations, political beliefs, or any other reason. Uh, the anonymous group behind the doxing is not affiliated with the university, is not a registered student group, and should not present itself in that way. As they did last fall, university police are continuing to work to ensure the safety of any targeted students and monitor for any potential criminal actions. So I just, I think I've said this like one week ago, two weeks ago, something like that, is that they have they are so far removed from what actual fascism is, is that they don't even recognize when they're doing it. Fair enough. And they, <clears throat> they assume like if you don't believe they're, their particular ideology, the way that they believe it, you are a racist, you're a Nazi, and stuff like that. And it's just like, and they're going to be, you know, they're going to do actions like these Antifa sons of bitches, you know, spraying your stuff, doxing you. And putting you in wheat fields where the wheat can sneeze on you. Wiping, wiping uh, wheat boogers all over you. Wheat boogers. Wheat boogers. Wheat has boogers, right? I'd assume so. It is blowing uh, parasites and fungal spores away, so yeah. Wheat boogers. Wheat boogers. Um, That's going to be the name of uh, the bassist in EK's new band. Uh, Sourdough Supremacist. Uh-huh. I like it. <laughs> so here's one of the weirdest stories I've seen in a long time. A cursed wedding ring found zip-tied to a steelhead's tail during a fishing tournament. What? Weird, right? One competitor in a fishing tournament on Lake Michigan Friday reeled in a steelhead with a wedding ring mysteriously attached to its tail by a zip tie, prompting all sorts of speculations about how the ring got there. Some asshole was doing animal cruelty. Find him and arrest the son of a bitch. Uh, on Monday, the former owner of the wedding band came forward to explain why he released the quote-unquote cursed ring into the water nearly seven weeks ago. <laughs> okay. Captain Jason Rose told the Chicago Sun-Times that the decade-long marriage, his decade-long marriage ended four years ago, and he finally decided on a poetic way to discard the symbol of their ill-fated union. Quote, I am a fishing guide, and she was always against me, following my dreams, and hated how much I fished, he told the newspaper. Uh, Rose attached his silver wedding ring, which uh, has a single diamond and the inscription SDH uh, Steel, to the tail of a steelhead fish and released it um, across the lake near the port of Whitehall, Michigan, on May 4th. He zip-tied it to that fucking thing? Yeah, do you see the picture? It's just, yeah, like, just around the tail. You, sir, are a douchebag. Indeed. Uh, four years went by since our divorce. Divorce. I felt I needed to get rid of the, the ring. Divorce. Divorce. You went to full New, New Jersey there. We got a divorce. I felt I needed to get rid of the ring. But I didn't want to just toss it to the bottom, pawn it, or anything. I would pawn it, dude. Any kind, anything like that, he said. So I released it the best way I know how. I'm convinced the ring is cursed. So, yeah, so curse the fish with it, jerk. Yeah. Uh, my life has been nothing less than great since I released it. 
the You're still a douche. Yeah, still a douche. The unlucky fish reemerged seven seven weeks later when Joe Joe Pennar caught the steelhead and on his friend Jim Nelligan's boat, Grey Lion Two, uh, during the Press the Passion tournament by Salmon uh, Unlimited of Illinois, USA Today reported. Uh, now it seems Rose only passed the bad luck across the lake to unsus- un- one us- unsuspecting boat owner. Boat owner. Quote, that ring is cursed. Ever since it came on my boat, I've had problems with my Glendinning uh, engine controls. The switch to raise the helm helm floor to get back to the engines broke and the hose at the my dock burst. This is what he said. I think we will mail it back to him. No return address. He joked. That is weird. Yeah, you can see it's cutting into the fish. Oh, absolutely. It's a goddamn zip tie, so you know in order for it to stay there. It's got to be tight. Yeah. yeah. You, sir, I hope you get charged. You should be. That's definitely animal animal cruelty. How about a more positive fish story? Please. All right. Giant goldfish found in the Niagara River prompts a warning to a community. Never flush your fish. <laughs> oh, pipes lead to the ocean. Uh, <laughs> or the falls. Yeah. Uh, that's what, uh, yeah, don't flush your fi- fish. That's what the nonprofit bu- uh, Buffalo Niagara Waterkeeper in New York is uh, advising people against after posting a picture on Twitter of a giant goldfish that had been caught in the Niagara River. This 14-inch goldfish was caught in the Niagara River just downstream of the wastewater treatment plant. If you cannot keep your pet, please return it to the store instead of flushing or releasing. The tweet read, The photo of the large fish reportedly dates back uh, to a few years ago when a worker of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife found the fish um, during a sampling run. Uh, But it was recently resurfaced uh, as a way to educate those in the community. Uh, we want to remind people that uh, that anything to flush down the toilet may end up in the water because of our sewer overflow problem in Buffalo. May. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, man. This is what uh, Chris Murowski, Mur- 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 Director of Community Engagement at Buffalo Niagara Waterkeeper to uh, WKBW. According to Waterkeeper's Facebook, goldfish end up in the Niagara River typically after a heavy rain event because the city's combined sewer overflows. Goldfish can survive year-round in our watershed and can destroy the habitat of native fish. Uh, scientists eliminate the, uh, estimate that ten, tens of millions of goldfish now live in the Great Lakes. If you cannot keep your pet, please return it to the store instead of flushing it or releasing it. So that makes you wonder. Yeah? What does a goldfish fillet taste like? I wonder. That's that's exactly what I'm wondering. That's, Looking a, at that that's about the perfect size that's right good, there. That's a pan fit. Yeah, that's a, They'll fit in a pan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big goldfish. Right? It is a big goldfish. Oh, boy. 15 minutes, and I got two stories left. Okay. All right, so uh, all the small things. All right, so a Japanese railway says a dead slug is responsible for chaos that delayed 12,000 train passengers. What? Yeah. A lot of weird stories today. Yeah. yeah. Okay, what did the snail do? What was his evil plan? Okay. A power outage in Japan last month delayed 12,000 train passengers, and railway officials have finally found the culprit. A dead slug is to blame for the outage, which stopped dozens of trains operating by railway company, Kyushu Railway Company, also known as J.R. Kyushu, uh, on May, May 30th. Quote, we tracked down the device responsible for the power failure, the spokesperson said for uh, the company told the Japan Times. We initially thought uh, what was in there was a bug, but it turned out to be a dead slug. The company had to cancel 26 trains and delayed many others because of the slug. Local media in the Kyushu re- region reportedly said the slug was burned to death after it short-circuited the device that was responsible for the outage. Yep. 
<laughs> the spokesperson called the incident rare and said, we often have trouble with deer colliding with trains, but never a problem with slugs. Now, I got to tell you, honestly, that little tiny slug, you know, he went out better than most any other, any slug ever. Yeah. Interrupting humans for that long. <laughs> That's amazing. Just and he's just going real slow, and then he inches up to the, like some circuit. Yeah, <laughs> he starts out. bubbling and melting, and everything starts to fry. Oh, it, was, it wasn't the best way to go, but at least he fucked up with a lot of people. Exactly, it was, <clears throat> it was a little bit of fu two back to the humanity, right? Well, why you keep putting this stuff here? It's dangerous. It's in my god blessed way. And you know I, it takes me a long time to go anywhere. Because <laughs> exactly. I don't rush. Because life's meant to be taken slow. That's exactly how I think slug sounds. I've talked to a couple. Yeah. It, it, that's exactly it. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we got 12 minutes left and one more story. I figured you'd play with the slug longer. Because I was thinking the next thing that he would, uh, the next best thing he could have done was found some rugby player to swallow him. Oh, right, right. We did that story. Yep. The, uh, yeah. the idiots. <laughs> that guy is just eating a slug live. Idiot. Yeah. Uh, he died from it. Yeah. Idiot. Like years later after like mm-hmm. 10 years of torture. He was very sick for a long time. Mm-hmm. So just uh, if you're one of those people that goes out there and eats slugs, just remember there's a lot of, lot of risk to and, that. And there are other more uh, delicious gastropods you can eat than slugs. For instance? Snails. Escargot. Yes. Fucking delicious. Now I want escargot. Uh, oh, wait, they sell it at Walmart. That's pretty gross. They do? Yeah. That's pretty gross. You've never had it? No. Oh, dude, it is so good. So good. Uh, I, You're wrong. No, I'm not. Okay. That's so gross. But, I mean, you you cook the snails? Yes. Good. Always cook your gastropods. Always cook your gastropods. So that guy would probably still be alive if he had cooked the His, snail at, at least. Yeah. So well, that was the thing. It was like a parasite that's inside the slug mm-hmm. that got him, right? Right. Uh, like a rat lungworm was the yeah. parasite that yeah. was. And so, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So if he'd have cooked his gastropod, he would have been okay. That's why we invented cooking. Yeah, the French probably have a recipe for slug. I'm sure they do. Probably has involves white wine. <laughs> probably does. <laughs> I know the best escargot is cooked with white uh, white wine. Uh, cooking with white wine is great. I do it. Just ask the Swedish chef. Herbert Deacon Deacon the snails. Deacon the beat the beat. Don't put the salt on the slugs. You do better than I do. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, President Trump uh, presented a Medal of Honor on Tuesday today to former Af- Army Staff Sergeant uh, David G. Belava, Belavia, excuse me, sir, uh, for his actions as a squad leader in Fallujah, uh, making him the first living Iraq war veteran to receive the recognition. Uh uh, President Trump said Bellavia demonstrated exceptional courage to protect his men and defend his this nation. Uh, during Operation Phantom Fury in 2004, Bellavia's platoon was pinned down while clearing a block of houses. Bellavia then exchanged his M16 rifle for an M249 squad automatic weapon. Nice. <laughs> Went all Rambo. And entered the house where a squad was trapped to provide cover fire so the soldiers could exit safely. This is what the White House said. 
Um, quote, a Bradley fighting vehicle arrived to help suppress the enemy, uh, but it could not fire directly into the house, uh, they added in a statement. Then Staff, Staff Sergeant Bellavia re-entered the house and assaulted insurgents who were firing rocket-propelled grenades. Jeez, how big was this house? Right. Uh, there he engaged five different fighters, pursuing them through the house until the threat was neutralized. He was all Rambo! Yeah, it takes balls to walk into a house where people are firing guns. Absolutely. It takes balls of fucking steel to walk into a house where people are firing a grenade launcher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that remarkable day, then Staff Sergeant Bellavia rescued an entire squad, cleared an insurgent strong point, and saved many members of his platoon from imminent threat. Uh, this operation was the bloodiest battle in the Iraq War, Trump said at the ceremony on uh, today. For three days straight, David and his men kicked down doors, searched houses, and destroyed enemy weapons, never knowing where they would find a terrorist lurking next. Trump said on the night of Bellavia's 29th birthday, which was the third night of the mission, his squad was tasked with clearing 12 houses uh, occupied by insurgents. A very dangerous operation. Um, when they arrived at the tenth house, the president said two. Uh, the president said two men inside who were hiding behind concrete barricades opened fire. Uh, he also said the husband and father of three leapt into a torrent of bullets and fired back at the enemy without even thinking. David took over. The president <laughs> added, "His he provided suppressive fire while his men ev- evacuated, rescuing his entire squad and at the risk of his own life. Only when his men were all out did did David exit the building." At uh, Trump said at that point, the fighting was far from over. He said militants on the roof fired at the squad. Bellavia then countered, encountered an insurgent who was about to fire a rocket-propelled grenade at the squad. Uh, David once again jumped into danger and killed him before he had a chance to launch the grenade. <laughs> Damn, this guy's a badass. Trump said the violence continued, but bleeding and badly wounded, David single-handedly defeated the forces who attacked his unit and would have killed them all had it not been for the bravery of David. You always have to defend your unit. Yeah. I always protect my unit. Mm-hmm. Keep at least one hand on it. Um, Trump said 12 service members who were with uh, uh, Bellavia during the dangerous mission were attendant, in attendance at Tuesday ceremony, as well as family members for the five service members who did not survive. Uh, speaking to reporters uh, after the ceremony on Tuesday, Bellavia described receiving the medal as honor, Medal of Honor as overwhelming. I'm sure it is, sir. He said Operation Phantom Fury is impossible to think about. I imagine so. Uh, He told reporters he was proud to be an Iraq War veteran and said it has been an absolute honor to serve in the U.S. military. Uh, Referring to becoming the first living Iraq War veteran to receive a Medal of Honor, he he said, this entire thing, I can't even comprehend it. Yeah, your head must be swimming, bro. Uh, He added, I want to thank my Army for giving me purpose, meaning, and direction. Respect, bro. Uh, As a boy... He would listen to stories as, uh, from his grandfather, a World War II veteran, and hero in his own right, who earned a bronze star in the Normandy campaign. This is what Trump said in the ceremony. Uh, he also said, as David remembers, his, his grandfather's stories were always vivid with, and a source of pride. He went on to say there, there was a nobility of, and purpose in the infantry, and David saw that at a very young age. And I wanted to be what my grandfather was, David would often say. Uh, I wanted to be part of this noble adventure. In 99, he followed his grandfather's footsteps and joined the United States Army as an infantryman. Uh, Bellavia's 99-year-old grandfather watched the ceremony from Jamestown, New, Jer- New York. Um, David, today we honor your extraordinary courage. We salute your selfless service, and we thank you for carrying on the legacy of American valor that has always made, out blessed, made our blessed nation the strongest and mightiest anywhere in the world, the president said at the ceremony. 
Uh, he was released from the Army in August 2005 after serving six years and has been awarded the Silver Star, the Bronze Star, and the New York State Compi- uh, Conspicuous Service Cross. Uh, he wrote about the battle in, this, in a two, 2007 book, House to House, in the epic memoir of war. Be- Bellavia now hosts radio talk show, WBEN in Buffalo, New York. He said on air Friday that the experience of be, uh, being chosen for Medal of Honor is very uncomfortable and awkward. I imagine so, sir. Uh, but he noted he wanted to represent Iraq war veterans who have not had a living Medal of Honor recipient. So even, even accepting the medal, he's d- taking it for the team. That's great. When you go to basic training, you clean your weapons, you read all the citations of these recipients, and it's like they're superheroes, he said. They're not real. They're like, yeah, yeah, I can't get my head around it, and I still can't. It's, yeah, I, I get it. I get it, dude. So you read those stories about Medal of Honor winners, and you're just like, well, I mean, I may get it. Um, bronze star if I'm lucky. You know, you never really think you're going to be a kind of person who gets that. But then, you know, when somebody starts shooting at you, you don't even think about the Medal of Honor. You think about my friends are getting are going to get killed, you know. And then years later, it's like, you're getting a Medal of Honor for that. Like, really? I was just doing my job, doing what I had to do. Anyway, so congratulations to you, Sergeant. Absolutely. Um, I think it's important to go down. What? What are you looking a, at? A brief aside. Yeah? Take a look at the president. Yeah. You, sir, uh, sir President, you should never wear green because you look like a fucking bullfrog. Green? Yeah, he should never wear the color green because he looks like a bullfrog. The president? Yeah. Let, take not, a look at him in that picture. He uh, looks like he's ready to start ribbiting. There is no green here, bro. I said he shouldn't wear green. Look at his face. He looks like a flipping bullfrog. He looks like Pepe. Pepe? Yeah, he looks like Pepe. Who's Pepe? Pepe? You don't know who Pepe is? I don't know who we'll Pepe is. We'll talk about that off the air. we got three minutes left. Uh, I want to remind you to check out our my YouTube channel. Search for The Madman Lowercase. That's three words. The Madman Lowercase. Hill Hippie has a channel, too. He does. Search Hill Hippie. Um, again, please go over to Patreon.com. Become a patron. We'd really pre- appreciate it.com. Uh, <laughs> you see, you got greedy there. You already sent him the Patreon site once, and twice in an episode, you fucked it up. Please go to Patreon.com slash ShockMonkeyRadio. Please become a patron. Help us out. We really appreciate it because, you know, we got software kicking off on us. You know, we got cameras breaking. We got a weird shadow, a ghost in the studio. We got to get it exercised and so forth. And I don't do that shit for free. He doesn't. And so, uh, yeah, please go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. And you get all of our uh, video content if uh, you become a patron. Uh, Yeah, go over to teespring.com, T-E-E spring.com slash stores slash madman lowercase. And uh, get yourself a t-shirt like I got. Um, yeah, and we got tons of other stuff. We got cell phone cases, blankets, and stuff like that. So there's a bunch of stuff on there you can get at our Teespring store. Yeah. Shock monkey swag. Shock monkey swag. Absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, check out our sponsors, Danny's Pizza and Subs.com and Flashback Comics in Woodbridge, Virginia. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So uh, I'm the Madman, and I love you. I'm the Hill Hippie, wishing you all peace and love. Bring me a pizza next time. All right.